you can't make a difference if you can't make an impact. Mm. That's a bar. I don't know where that came from. That's, that's a bar, a bar, man. We got to put that on the Instagram, man. <laughs> that's, a, that's a bar. You can't make a difference if you can't, you can't make an impact. That comes from me watching your Twitter all day. You've been endowing him. <laughs> but another thing is, and Charles always talks about this, and it stares in my spirit. We have to move from being consumers to investors. An investor, an, uh, consumer asks, how much does this cost? An investor asks, what's my ROI on this investment? A, right. consumer, a consumer asks what I can buy. An investor asks what I can acquire. Like, what can I acquire as an asset? Like, so you have to change that consumer mindset. I'm not saying that you can't have a nice house, you can't drive a nice car, but what I'm saying is your liability should not outweigh your assets. This episode is brought to you by 24-7 Watches. Shop our limited edition luxury watches at 247watches.com. That's T-W-E-N-T-Y-4-7watches.com. Use code Todd Capital at checkout for a special discount. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram at 247watches. That's at T-W-E-N-T-Y-4-7. Four seven watches. Hey everybody, it's your girl Erica Williams from the Classy Climb blog. I'm a six-figure YouTube earner and the author of the book Smartphone Millionaire: How to Lend to People, Real Estate, and Businesses from the Palm of Your Hand. And if you're interested in the three things that changed my life over the past four years to become a six-figure YouTube earner and investor in multiple properties in multiple states, I would love for you to join me over at the Classy Climb. YouTube channel. This episode of the Todd Capital Millionaire podcast is sponsored by Hood Estates. Hood Estates is offering a Hood Estates Elite Real Estate Investing Program as well as a Hood Estates Trucking Program. All the details can be found in the show notes. You can also find them on Instagram at Hood Estates. What does your t shirt say? Solutions <laughs> oriented. <laughs> You, you you can't be you can't be a business owner and not be solutions oriented because you're met with problems every single day, man. Every day, there's not there's never a day in business that you don't have a problem. If you, right. if you think you went the day without having a problem, you weren't working hard enough. And then also, if there were no problems, we'd have no business. Hundred and six episodes. Yo, it's kind of crazy. But the cool thing about it, I tell people like it's like mentorship. So, yeah, we're giving the people value, but we're also making really, really good connections with good people and, and learning a lot, too. Like, I'll never forget. I was thinking about this on the way home. Like, a big part of the reason why I realized you could buy a home for so inexpensive in the Midwest is because I had that interview with Sterling Scott. And Sterling Scott owns, like, maybe, like, 500 properties now. But when I talked to me, he owned about 150 and I was like, how did you get to 150 properties? And he told me, he's like, homes out here are like 15 grand, man. I was like, $15,000 for a house. And from there, I started to dig into the Midwest and stop looking at all these overpriced, crazy properties out there in Atlanta and crazy prices in California. I'm like, if the goal is rental income, I need to go where I can get as many doors as possible for as little money as possible. So the Midwest is the place because, you know, in the industrial Northeast and the South there, you know, they're, they're well built and they weren't hit. The thing about the Midwest is they were hit so hard by the auto industry. 
they right. get hit so hard by the auto industries and those urban centers are just like vacant almost right but it's it's wide open for opportunity man and that's yeah, what i keep is. telling people i'm like if we could get on one accord we could literally build a thriving african-american community in detroit if we would just get smart about it because for me it's not just the rental properties they have factories out there that are vacant they have storefronts that are vacant there's so much we could literally like anything we want and it's so affordable the only downside is it gets very cold but it just it's just like why can't people see this why can't people see the opportunity there and what's going to happen is we're going to sleep on it and then somebody else is going to come in and then they're going to i don't know sometimes i feel like like the struggles can't ever really overcome just because of people's mindset that's funny that's funny that's one of the points that i have like you talked about investors mindset. i have three points it's mindsets matter most how investors think differently and relationships with money like right. you're hitting from my points <laughs> yeah cool let's kick it off i don't want to steal your thunder this is the Ty capital millionaire podcast this is episode number 106 my name is charles oglesby also known as Ty millionaire i'm the founder and the director of the Ty capital investment club that now has over 300 members, 200 people on the waiting list. And I'm proud to announce that we are going to be opening up to new members uh, via subscription. So what that subscription gives you access to is going to give you access to um, just the forums where we're talking about different investments. It's going to give you in, uh, access to the insight where we're analyzing different investments. And it's going to also allow you to participate in the things we're buying. And there's just true value in that. I've known so many people that have joined our club, started their own club, joined our club, started buying property, started buying trucks, started buying all these different things. The true value, and I always tell people this, is not just the ROI. And that's what we're gonna talk about today. Like don't focus on the ROI, focus on the education, focus on the exposure, focus on the experience, focus on the access, that's gonna truly change your life. So make sure you leave us a rating or review, preferably a five-star review. And again, thank you all for tuning in. The purpose of this podcast is to share the stories of successful African-American investors and business owners so that people can hear the stories of successful examples that exist. I promise you they exist. We want people to learn that business and investing are the true keys to financial success and generational wealth. Today, we have a special episode. It's not necessarily an interview episode as much as it is a conversation episode. We've already talked to Jamal Vitos before multiple times. You should know him. He is the president of Thai Capital Investment Club. Like I said, we have over 300 members and growing can't stop, won't stop. Got to continue to scale. Welcome to the show, man. I appreciate it. It's always a pleasure, you know, us having a conversation. We have so many conversations offline that is so fruitful. And whenever we get a chance to record and get it out to the masses, not just the group members, but people who just listen to our podcast all over the country, I always think it's a fruitful and uh, productive conversation that should be shared widespread. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's so crazy, the impact. There are people who... I get a, a DM a, a day, maybe more. And they're like, man, I listened to the podcast. It changed my life. I'm so thankful that you put this out. And they're like, I'm going to be on the show. Just watch. I'm going to be on the show. And I tell people like, that's why I did this. I did it not to make myself, not to promote my name, not to make money. I did it for the culture, man. And I think one of the things that I was explaining, I was talking to my wife about this earlier and I was telling her like, business is service business is improving things for people. So we all want to improve things for our people. We all want to do things and 
help our people have a better existence. You don't do that through begging. You don't do that through protesting. You do that by starting a business. And it, and it shouldn't be seen as like, I'm going to go make a bunch of money off a lot of people. Like, it's like, no, I want to help feed people. They need, they need food. I want to feed them. Oh, I want to give people transportation. They need to get transportation from, two, from point A to point B. I'm going to help transportate or give them transportation. Like, that's what business is. Business is solutions. And that's why I got this cool shirt on. Check out www.mindsetmatters.com. <laughs> they uh, actually set up their LLC and then they started their business. They got these shirts. They sent me a shirt. So it's so crazy seeing it come full circle. Just give value, guys, man. It always comes back to you. Give value to the community, elevate your community, and I guarantee you it'll come back to you. That's not the conversation we're going to have today. Today we're talking about the investor's mindset. Why is that important? Because everybody's doing it these days. Everybody's buying real estate, buying stocks, buying options, starting businesses. And that's great, but you have to have the right mindset in doing so. So can you outline some of the topics we're going to talk about today, Jamal? Yeah, and I definitely agree. The investor's mindset, you and I talk about this all the time with some of our members and some of them, you know, with the way they come through the email, not having the right mindset and the right, you know, integrity about it. And the three points I felt like we were going to hit today was that mindset matters, how investors think differently, and people's um, investors' relationship with money. And I thought those were three pivotal things. And I have some sub points that I think we'll hit really quickly, but those were the points that I had. So um, if you ready i'm ready to jump into it let's let's do it man all right so with the first point about mindsets matter i know it sounds like an easy concept but this is the most important concept of everything warren buffett um, once said that without the right mindset it's difficult to be successful and people don't have the right mindset in, especially in regards to investing because they have this preconceived notion of what the market should be and how it should operate instead of facing the pragmatic reality of what it is and the cycles and how to have the right mindset to endure and everything like that. One thing I've learned about investing and over my 10 years of investing personally in the last three and um, almost three years, wow, three years with this club, I realized that mindset is 50% of the success. Like I have to be zoned in to the right mindset, whether that be strategy, whether that be research, whether that just be uh, enduring the volatility of day-to-day -day news and market and international things like that. And I think people, people say this a lot, but they say it callously or cavalier without understanding that your mind is a supercomputer. Like people, the human mind are designed to be a supercomputer. So if you program it correctly, it can be a tremendous weapon for you to achieve your goal. So you have to program your mind to have the right mindset when it comes to investing, because if you don't program it, if you just go into it half-heartedly, or if you just go into it not really having a strategy, there's no saying that if you don't know where you're going, you, any place, um, any path is going to take you there. That's how investing is going to, if you don't know what you're doing, if you don't know your strategy, if you don't know if you're short term or long term, if you don't know if you're playing options, you don't know if you're short selling, you don't, you're just going to do anything and you might have some random success, but more than likely you're going to have massive failures because you haven't set your mindset up to know that I shouldn't react to this because that has nothing to do with my strategy or I should dig deeper into this because maybe I need to pivot or adjust. So mindset is an important thing because a lot of people have this mindset that 
oh, I'll just throw money into the market and it'll grow. Mm -hmm. That's not how it works. You have to have a mindset because you can't, there's over 5,000 stocks in the, um, in some of these, um, like the Russell 2000, the S&P, the Dow, those alone are 2,300 securities on the market. You can't just pick up a random name and say, oh, I'm going to throw it there and the money's going to work. You have to have a mindset to know this fits my strategy. This fits my wealth building. This fits my family's, you know, strategic generational uh, strategy of how we're going to amass wealth and all that. So mindset, I find it to be the most important thing, but it's also the thing that people rush over the most. Mm -hmm. people, people always think that money is the most important thing investing, but it's your mindset. The yeah. mindset is going to be, like I said, 50% of the battle. And if you don't have the right mindset, you can have a million dollars, and I guarantee you your investment strategy will not function properly. Right. Yeah. A lot of poor people are event-focused. They're like, I'm poor now, I want to be rich. Not, I'm poor now, I want to go through this process so I can become rich. It's like uh, if, you're an, if you're an athlete, you have a process. You don't just become LeBron James overnight. You become LeBron James by going to the gym every day by getting the right dietitian, by being consistent, by being focused. He's 20 years into his career and he's, he's still kind of where he needs to be. And so it's a, it's a process. But one thing that I talked about with Andre Hatchett is something we call mindset hacking. And mindset hacking really just, it takes the focus off of you. So many people are investing so they can spend money. They're investing so they can go to Vegas. They're investing so that they can go to Miami. And the way that you hack that is you got to think about somebody bigger than yourself. You got to think about your wife. You got to think about your kids. You got to think about your parents. You got to think about people who are bigger than you because investing can be emotional. The market's going to go up. It's going to go down. You're going to have troubles. You're going to have issues. And if you're only focused on the money that you can spend, you're going to make mistakes. Yeah, and that kind of takes me into um, the next uh, the next uh, portion of it, where is how investors think differently. Uh, it's funny because. Um, if any person right now listening to us owns a few shares of a company, technically they're an investor. Like you own a few shares of a company, technically you're an, you're an investor. But to me, what a true investor is, a true investor is someone who allows money to work for them with the intention of increasing their net worth. Like that's a real investor. Like just because you own shares doesn't mean you're an investor, you own shares of a company, congratulations, anyone can do that. But a real investor knows that, that, uh, that you're an investor when you're working to make the money increase, when the network building is the goal, when it's, mm -hmm. when it's about, you know, uh, not just this step, but 10 steps ahead, where you're pivoting and you're ticking uh, and building on top of everything, what I like to say, the compounding interest. It's funny you said about um, that thing about uh, you give a thousand dollars to a rich man, he'll come back with a hundred thousand. There was a study, I can't remember who did it, but there was a study a couple of years ago that said if you took all the wealth in the world and, uh, and, and gathered it together and redistributed equally to everyone, that in 10 years' time, that those, who, that those who had little or no money would be poor all over again, and those who had been rich before would have accumulated some more wealth and gotten back to the point that they were 10 years prior. And I thought that was profound because it's about the mindset. It's mm -hmm. about, we talk about it all the time. Um, uh, I know um, that we, you know, our current president, uh, years in the 90s, he was thought to be bankrupt. Mm 
some of his real estate deals, especially those in uh, New Jersey, Atlantic City, had went gone. He was in debt. They thought he would never recover. But it was the mindset of how he did business that he knew that I had been rich before. I'll figure out a way to get out of that and become rich again until his credit he became rich again. And that's how investors think differently. Uh, Buffett did the same thing because early on in his, um, in the early dot-com boom, Berkshire Heifer had got hammered because he wasn't getting into the tech stocks. They thought he had lost it. All, all those returns he had made for people in the eighties and nineties that were gone. And, you know, Berkshire was kind of teetering and people just thought he wouldn't survive. And then when a dot-com bubble burst, he reallocated his assets and bought companies for the cheaps and all that. And, you know, that, that fed into his philosophy and how he thinks differently is like, you can, that I believe he always says that I would rather buy a great company at a quality price than a bad company at a, a good price. Mm -hmm. And that's the, how the wealthy think differently. It's about how do you attack the situation from a, a standpoint that other people's won't or are afraid to? How do you get to the point where you're taking the risk or building a foundation that other people just don't see? Uh, kind of like what we were saying offline a little bit earlier when we were talking about how people don't see the, the, the potential of the Midwest real estate market. That's kind of how the mindset has to be focused in. Think different. You gotta keep that on the low, man. <laughs> I'm, I'm just kidding. So, uh, you know what's so funny is when, um, and I think that, we're, when you said that we we're going to discuss mindset, I actually wrote out a few points to touch on. And those were that each dollar is an employee. You have to think long-term. You have to have the mindset of reinvesting your profits. You have to have foresight and vision, which I think is key. And you also have to have patience. So, I mean, to kind of touch on those briefly, um, each dollar is an employee. A lot of us think that money is fun coupons. Money is uh, something that we can spend, but you have to utilize money as capital and not just as cash to be spent on things. That same, I, I was thinking about this. I'm doing a real estate deal, another one. And I was like, I could be in Vegas right now, but I'm using my Vegas money to buy and rehab a house. That's going to pay me 800 bucks a month forever. Vegas isn't going to pay you a dime, but they still going to cost you the same amount of money. So that same, $10,000, $15,000 that you're going to take to go to Vegas and live your best life that's going to keep you trapped to the job can also be used as capital to liberate you and not just you, but your family. Because in real estate or in business or investing, that stuff's going to outlive you, man. And so you've got to think about like, are you making decisions that are going to set your family up or are you making decisions that are going to allow you to post some great pictures on the internet for 10 minutes and get a few likes? I personally... As a man, I'm thinking legacy. I'm thinking for my family. I'm thinking broader than just myself and how I feel. And I think that everybody should do the same. Um, the next thing I want to discuss, I'm going to kind of skip over some things, but I think that foresight and vision is something I want to touch on. It's something I tell people. I posted something that said, ugly stocks, ugly homes, and ugly people are what you need to invest in. Ugly people, I kind of just threw that in. But ugly stocks and ugly, <laughs> ugly homes, like that's where the value is. You got to see what's there after people you have to see what's there before people see it i saw that in in michigan i saw that in the in the midwest market and now people are starting to see it if you want to make good good money you got to spot opportunities before everybody else sees it 
I'm telling you, say for example, you see a house and all they see is this ugly rundown house, but you see what it can be after you put 10 to 15 grand into it. The money is made after you and, and what they can't see. Because if you go and you buy a property from a seller, a private seller, they can't see what you see. And so the gap is in the reality of what you see versus what they see. That's where the profits made. The same thing is true in stocks. That's why I buy stocks in companies that people hate. I'm going to buy Habit. I'm going to buy Tesla. I'm going to buy Under Armour. I'm going to buy all the stocks they hate because that's where the money is. The best stocks to buy, though, are great stocks that become stocks people hate when you know they can potentially become good stocks again. Um, so that's one of my challenges for people is like, don't look at an investment as what you see now. A lot of people make that mistake. They hear the good news. They hear the good press. They hear the hype. And they're like, dang, this is the perfect opportunity to buy. And those are the people that lose. Those are the people that bought homes at the wrong time. Those are the people that buy stocks at the wrong time. And that's not how you invest. I was thinking, I was like, if you, there's, so there's over improvement and under improvement. You have markets that have been over-improved, like uh, Denver is one of those markets. San Francisco is one of those markets. Los Angeles is, is one of those markets. And you have markets that are under-improved. If you are an investor and not a speculator and not a gambler, your money needs to go where the money needs, where the money is needed. Your money needs to go where the money is needed. Where is the money needed? The money is needed in good markets that are struggling for capital. That's That's the Midwest. That is the inner city, that's South LA, that is Baltimore, parts of Baltimore, that's Philadelphia. And that's where you see people getting the best deals, making the most money, doing the best things right now. In the next five years, we're gonna see a reverse. We're gonna see a reversal from the top of the market in these high, high overvalued areas. We're gonna see all that money reallocated towards parts of South Los Angeles that are being rehab re rehabilitated. You're gonna see the property values in these areas that are just overvalued, overinflated because they have no other options. And they're gonna say, damn, I don't have to pay two million to live in on Wilshire. I can go pay half a million and live in Inglewood and they're gonna do it. And when that happens, the demand shifts. When the demand shifts, the price shifts. That's my rant on the mic. <laughs> and that kind of goes into um, the last point I was had, uh, I was gonna say with the people's relationship with money. And the first thing is I wanna know if people have the right mindset. Like some people think money is evil. They hate celebrities and all the flash and all that. And some people just don't think that money is a good mechanism to use. But I have to say to have the right investor mindset, this is key. This is one of the things I wanted to zone in. You have to love making money. Money, you cannot see yeah. money as something that's crass and something that's tasteless and something that's you know only the evil use money for this and that you have to love making money not for selfish reasons but for those points that charles talked about for building your generational wealth and your family for one for service to your community for another and just for the betterment of the culture you have to love making money because you can't make a difference if you can't make an impact mm. That's a bar. I don't know where that came from. That's, that's a bar, a man. Bar. We got to put that on the Instagram, man. <laughs> that's, a, that's a bar. You can't make a difference if you can't, you can't make an impact. That comes from me watching your Twitter all day. You've been endowing it. <laughs> but another thing is, and Charles always talks about this, and it stares in my spirit. We have to move from being consumers to investors. An investor, and a consumer asks, how much does this cost? An investor asks, what's my ROI on this investment? Yeah. 
A right. consumer, a consumer X, what I can buy. An investor X, what I can acquire. Like, what can I acquire as an asset? Like, so you have to change that consumer mindset. I'm not saying that you can't have a nice house, you can't drive a nice car, but what I'm saying is your liability should not outweigh your assets. You shouldn't be out here in a BMW living in the jets in your neighborhood. That's not a good, that's not a good mix. It would be better to have you a nice Honda and a nice half a million dollar house that's appreciated 7% over the last five years. That's a good investment. So you got to go, you got to go from that consumer mindset to that investor mindset. And the easy way to do that is change your relationship with money. Stop thinking you have to spend. Stop thinking because, oh, you went from making 75K a year to 100K. Now you just buy more. No, take that extra 25K you're now making. Buy a rental property. Right. Buy a CD. Buy, you know, uh, 10,000 shares in, like Charles says, a company that the market hates that might be paying you a 25 five yield dividend to hold it and then reinvest that so now in 10 years that 25,000 has become 175,000. Want more money to pay off debt and increase your income? I'm Terry Egioma from Invest with Terry and I teach an online course on how to invest in the stock market for daily or weekly returns. My seven-step strategy saves you time and erases the guesswork from trading. With these seven steps I've earned over 16,000 in a day without having a large account. Start big or small, these proven steps will increase your profits and decrease your losses. To learn more, visit itradeandtravel.com. And now you can acquire more assets. What's interesting about changing your mindset with money is a lot of that comes with who you hang around. Mm -hmm. And I want to clarify this because I say it a lot. And like my life changed when I got around like people who are really getting it. Like, but not just people who are getting it who are my age. Because it's one thing to be getting it in the moment. It's another thing to get it and still have it. And so I'm looking at people who are 50, 60, 70 because they got it and they kept it. And so if you're hanging around people who are making good money, but they're spending big money, like you don't even know what their life is going to look like 5, 10, 15 years from now. I'm playing the long game. So I never, ever, ever compare myself to my peers. I never look to my peers for guidance. I'm always looking at somebody who's ahead of me because you're going to become 50 or 70 at one point in time. Do you want to live? You, you, one of the reasons why I don't really like pay attention to my peers as much is because I don't know how the story is going to tell out for them. I can't make decisions based off of what somebody who is my age is doing because they don't even know, they don't know anything. And so for me, what I did is I got around a successful business owner and I realized like this lady works seven days a week. Like she might, scale back a little bit on Sunday, but she goes seven days a week. And I'm here to tell you, you work seven days a week, you will have no money problems at all. If you have money problems and you're not working seven days a week, there's your problem. Your problem Mm -hmm. is I need to go to work. If you have money problems and you're content with money problems, then cool. But if you have money problems and you are like, I hate this, I'm pissed off, I'm going to blame racism and oppression and you don't work seven days a week, you are a fool. He said, Grant Cardone said, God rested after he built the earth. He, he rested after he built everything. If you haven't created the world for your family, you don't deserve no damn rest. So anyway, um, what, what was I getting at? Oh, another thing that I, I realized is, yeah, like I said, getting around the right people. So for me, it was getting around that Jewish business owner who still wore the same Tomex watch, even though he was making billions. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's really important to change your mindset with money. 
because it's very difficult to change your mindset if you're hanging around the same people, but it's effortless to change your mindset if you're hanging around the right people. I tell people all the time, you can have a casual conversation in the right environment and it'll be more empowering than the most deep conversation in the ghetto or in the middle of the hood where people are talking about whatever. You could be deep. I'll have casual conversations in the law firm at the printer and we're just like giving game. Somebody was like, oh yeah, like I settled this case, so I paid off my car, so I'm gonna go ahead and just do this thing. I was like, those are the conversations I need to have casually. <laughs> not right. like not like forced conversations, not like you gotta pay somebody to have a mentorship conversation. Like I have those conversations daily because you put yourself in the right environment. And that's the important. networking effect. Like people, they overlook that. People, and I'm not talking about the networking that's at, you know, the lounges where no networking really takes place. You got guys are just drinking and just might go casually over your career. I'm talking about the real networking where you're talking about what you're doing. You're talking about what you're hearing. You're talking about the perspectives of the market or things that seem interesting in the next couple of years. That's how some of the, the initial early winners in blockchain before it collapsed made their money because mm -hmm. they talked about, oh, I'm hearing about this old oh, digital currency early on. If you can get into it, you can get in it for zero, zero, zero point zero cents. And then you went, and then early, or, you know, early 2018, it was up to 20,000 per share. And those early people had long cashed out because they had the right conversations early on and they didn't get caught up in the hype. Like you said, people get caught up in the hype. So they had made the money and got out. They didn't get slaughtered right. by the market. And that's because they had the right conversations around the right people doing the right things. And that, is neglected because people don't want to they don't want to either they don't want to network or they lack the the right mindset and personality to network effectively mm -hmm. well i think that's the beautiful thing about the investment club is the investment club is a network of people with that mindset people who are willing to sacrifice the now for the later people who are willing to have that conversation people with the knowledge people with the experience people with the exposure i tell people all the time like we have some powerful people in the group dope people so the group and i wrote this blog post about a long time ago like investing in a club is a lot of things it gives you leverage it gives you access to networking it gives you access to the mastermind effect where you have all these different people rubbing their ideas against each other and growing so for that guy who's like oh i can make more money outside of the club than anything good luck brother i'm not here to hold anybody captive if you think you can make more money than the group good luck yeah. Highly doubt that. Exactly, because I know it works. The average person isn't making forty-seven percent. The average person, you want to know why? Because the average person doesn't have the the fortitude to stomach the ups and downs in the market and continue to invest. And that's mm -hmm. what the investment club makes you do as well. It forces you to invest when you don't want to invest. It's an accountability partner as well. And that's one thing I tell people: like, it's an investment accountability partner. And that's why I know the subscription is worth it. That's why I know that there's a value in what we're doing. And that's why I know that the more people invest into the club, the bigger we're going to do. I was going to tell people this. I was like, if you guys have faith and you believe in the investment club, invest in the investment club. Because it's only going to make it bigger and better. It's only going to allow us to have a better website. It's only going to allow us to have an app. It's only going to allow us to give you more valuable information. It's only going to allow us to like make you more money. It's an investment. You might think that you're just giving money, but no, it's an investment. It's going to yield you an ROI. It's going to yield you the experience, the exposure, all that good stuff. Yeah, I definitely agree. And like, and like you said, like, 
the guy who said that, I was like, yeah, but like, you're not going to, you're like, you're saying, you're not going to stomach it the way we would stomach. There's been plenty of times like in, uh, before we made that 47% where some of the investment members wanted to get out of a trade. They was like, I feel like it's good. Uh, like it's run its course or nothing like that. And we were like, no, I still believe in the fundamentals. I still believe in the executive team. This is a good company and it will turn around. And it really did. Uh, like it turned around and it added to the 47%. The only, the only drawback you and I said is that we wish we had, had some of those small positions more in some of our more profitable positions. But if those people individually were investing alone, they would have been gotten out of the market. They wouldn't have taken that. But because we were all taking that punishment together, we all reaped the benefit together. And when Charles cut them checks, everyone had smiles and good things to say in the emails and the Slack because the the experiment worked and it forced them to realize that hey i have to follow this all the way through even when sometimes i just want to get out yeah. i don't have anything, i have nothing to say to that <laughs> <laughs> next next topic what's the next topic uh that's all i actually have for my my bullet points those i think were the three yeah. fundamental things that i hit and i think we hit them well and knocked them out of the park it, it's not about the the length i think we gave them good quantity and substance in this right um the only thing i want to add is patience i was reading this warren buffett book and i highly encourage people to read just read books guys it'll change your life and warren buffett makes this point about like being patient as an investor and what he was saying is like sometimes you find a good opportunity you just got to wait for it to become profitable so you buy this great stock and you know it's a good buy. You know you bought it at the right price. You know there's value, you know there's upside, but the market might not see it yet. Sometimes, you, most of the time, if you're doing your job right, you're gonna spot opportunities before other people spot opportunities. If you're doing your job right, if you're looking for opportunities and not just looking for what people to tell you to buy, and that's two different things. In the stock market, there are opportunities and there's also things people just say, this is something you need to buy. And I don't look for the stuff they tell me to buy because like the quote says, if it's on the front page of the newspaper, it's too damn too late. Too late. So my goal is always to find what's not on the newspaper because it's easy to find what's on the newspaper. Everybody knows that. Anybody can see what they're talking about on Twitter, up and down the timeline, Uber this, Uber that, Lyft that, although I still think those companies have good upside. You've got to be patient as an investor. If you get into the investment club and you've been there for three, six months, you're like, I'm not, I'm not rich yet. Like what's going on? Like you are playing the wrong game and you don't have the right mindset to work with this. The people that are working with us are playing 10 year games, 15 year games. Imagine what you could have in 15 years In 15 years. And one thing I tell people is the time's going to pass anyway. Would you rather the time pass and you're living your best life and at 15 years, you still got to wake up and go to work or in 15 years because you did what you're supposed to do, you're done. And not only are you done, your family's done because you've built that legacy, you've built that portfolio, you built that whole repertoire of assets of businesses that fund your other businesses so that's one thing i want to say is like just have patience play the long game play the 15 20 year game play the legacy game we didn't get broke overnight and we're not going to get rich overnight so if that's the it, word that's the <laughs> word right there like people people some people are such in such financial situations that took them years to get in but they want you to fix it or they want it to be fixed overnight it's going to take the same amount of time possibly if you hit a little luck it can take half the amount of time to get out of the situation as it took you to get into it 
it is again a long game like right. investments are this <clears throat> people who are willing to delay instant gratification for long-term stability right. that instant gratification it might feel good in the moment but it's gone it's fleeting right. that that long-term you know, build and valuation, it lasts longer. You appreciate it better because it came slowly. So I agree with you. Definitely patience is another key for the mindset of the investor. Absolutely. Very cool. So I'm going to wrap it up. I'm going to ask you those ending questions. What's your favorite business book? Uh, currently, my favorite business book, it changes the more I, I read. <laughs> my mm. current uh, favorite business book is The Originals. Um, it's this great book. Um, uh, hold on, I can tell you the exact title. It's called uh, The Originals, How Nonconformists Move the World. And it talks about how um, people who are originals, such as, you know, the, the Jobs and the, and the Gores and the Buffets and all that, how they don't think the way the masses think. Mm -hmm. That they, they this uh, chapter I'm in right now talks about how sometimes uh, procrastination leads to the best opportunity. Sometimes it's not always good to be the first mover because you're building up the industry and then someone else can come in and, and you know, take advantage of all the mistakes that you made and do it at a cheaper price. It kind of happens in the pharmaceutical industry all the time. Someone comes up with a rocket uh, earth shattering drug and then when the patent and someone comes with a genetic drug for half the price and you did all the legwork. So that's my favorite book right now because it kind of changed my mindset especially this chapter about how you don't always have to be the first mover you just have to capitalize like you said on the opportunity right absolutely um who is somebody that you look up to and why still to this day even though he's not alive reginald f lewis is still the goal like he's the idol like you know to build the first billion dollar business uh the fact that he built it in baltimore so i'm a baltimore bred so that's always but how he you know did it methodically and did it when other people thought that you know it couldn't be possible and the title of his books you know why should all the white men have the most fun like that's just a classic even today and i recommend if you haven't read it it should be in your library it should be something that you read more than once you should always you should always reread it and find a new jewel in it so he's right. always going to be the idol but if i had to pick someone who's living right now diddy is kind of the idol like he's <laughs> the business idol that's like that's the, because the diversity of his business is so yeah I don't answer this question much, but I would have to say, and it's kind of cliche right now, but somebody that I look up to would be Robert Smith. Um, yes. He's, most people didn't even know who he was before the more right. graduation. Right. The thing about Robert Smith that I like, and he made this quote, he said he started his own company because he figured they wouldn't hire men. They would not hire him at their company. And when you look at the numbers, versus getting hired at their company or creating your own company. The guy became a billionaire creating his own company, but he probably would have been a millionaire at their company. And so like, that's always been my principle. I, I posted this thing. It's like, they counted me out, but I came up on them or something like that. Like they, they said like something along those lines, but like we coming up on a lot of people and they look up and they're like, Oh man, like, Oh, can you give me some advice on this? Can you like, I don't believe in jobs, man. I don't believe in artificial ceilings. I was having a conversation with Jamaris. They just started a mobile uh, wing and waffle company. It's a family oh, business. Nice. He posted something about how um, their business allows them to give their kids high level exposure that they would have to bust through ceilings to get to. 
he was like, we got the ceilings now. We are building the ceilings. And that's the power that comes with ownership. It's not just the money, guys. I always tell people all the time, like, stop focusing on the money and start focusing on the power and the ownership and the influencing control. Because everybody over here who gets up there and they start protesting about cops and they start protesting about people being nice to them, they're not talking about money. They're talking about power, control, and influence. It just so happens to follow the money. But the thing is, it doesn't follow you spending your money. It follows you using your money to own things. So Reginald Lewis, or not, uh, I mean, of course, Reginald Lewis, um, Robert Smith is somebody that I, I definitely look up to. But the other thing that I want to talk about with Reginald Lewis is he has this quote. And the quote is that a lot of us, this is my, my favorite quote in the book, is a lot of us think that entrepreneurship is started something from the ground up when you can still be an entrepreneur and a, buy a business. And so that was our goal with the barbershop was to buy a business, not to start a business, to buy a business. And that's just step one. We're trying to do bigger and better. We're not stopping, guys. We're just going to keep going. What does wealth mean to you, Jamal Patos? Wealth means time. I want, I want the, the luxury of time. I, I, I'm not big on flash and possessions, but I want, the, I want to acquire enough wealth that spending time with my daughter is a priority. You know, I'm spending time with my wife when I have one. I'm not married like Chuck is a priority. And I work at my leisure, not at my inconvenience. I like it. I like it a lot. Where can people find you on the internet again? Uh, people can find me on um, Twitter at um, Leo Graham Prince, or you can type in my name at Jamal W. Vitos. You can also follow me on Instagram at Jamal W. Vitos. And for people who can't spell that, it might be, um, it is J-A-M-A-A-L-W-V as in Victor, E-T-O-S-E. You can also find me on LinkedIn as well. Very cool. This is another episode of the Millionaire Podcast, episode 106. Thank you all for tuning in. I appreciate you. We're going to continue to elevate and inspire the community through content and through investment. My name is Charles Oaks. We also know this time, man, they're signing off.